We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10 second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and today we are not quite putting a bow on the Ted Lasso season. This was originally planned to be the all-encompassing series slash season, big recap, getting the whole gang back together. Uh, had a couple couple people on the IL, Nicole Auerbach couldn't make it, Alex McDaniel couldn't make it, so me, Caroline Darney, Michael Jr., called an audible. And today we are doing the Ted Lasso character draft, kind of like we started out season three doing an episode draft of the previous two seasons. Uh, this one, we kind of worked together a character draft on the fly, as you'll hear. Uh, we we set set some rules, set some parameters, very loose rules, very loose parameters, and uh, and just went drafting. But before we get into that, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group for supporting the show, especially our producer, Big Chill Level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Trees, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Class Standing Fire, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, Rewan Balagoon, Jeff Estes, and Anthony Scaffone. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. We are about to jump right back into movies, and with that means that all these movies that the patrons vote on, nominate and vote on and have been during the last, you know, the last, I guess, two, three months with the Ted Lasso season, we've got a backlog. So we're covering all patron selected movies for the next few weeks uh, and eventually doing a, a Ted Lasso season three series recap, really kind of breaking down everything we've seen and, and what we think might be coming next. But uh, th- this character draft was a lot of fun. Good to get. Mike and Caroline together. Folks, Caroline has a new podcast for the water cooler. Go subscribe. Go go download. Go listen. It's great. Pop culture podcast, Caroline and pop culture. Uh, go, go hand in hand. So she's going to talk more about it here in a bit. Also, as always, you know, go check out Mike on Gojo. And uh, without further ado, let's get into our Ted Lasso character draft with me, Caroline Darney, Mike Gold Jr. All right, returning to big screen sports from Bet for the Win, it is Caroline Darney and from the Gojo Podcast, Mike Golick Jr. Folks, it's it's been a bit. How are we living without Ted Lasso in our life? About three to four weeks strong now. Well, 
We got the Righteous Gemstones back, which is big. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, season two of The Bear is out. I haven't gotten to start yet. So the content is is rich and satisfying. I also, uh, at the suggestion on Twitter from Spencer Hall, am two episodes from finishing Physical 100 on Netflix, which if you enjoy meatheads at all and want to see truly the most wholesome meathead content on earth, Physical 100 is for you. It is a delightful bit of mild athleticism with incredible team support from a hundred of the buffest folks in Korea. You have my attention. Yes. You I'm, have my I'm very intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> very, very <laughs> intrigued with that. Uh, yeah, no co- content is good right now. Like as long as, you know, I know with, with this trio, we're likely to wrap this up in probably a tight 30. So I will be planning <laughs> on watching at least, at least one or two episodes of the, of the bear tonight. Um, um I have coped mainly by traveling. Uh. We, yeah. So Caroline has not been on the on the pod lately because she has been gallivanting. <laughs> gallivanting. Um, I did watch great train. Like I would download stuff from Netflix for like train rides or flights. I watched um, Clickbait. Very entertaining. Great twist. That was the. Uh, it was Adrian Grin- Grinier. The guy that was Vinny in, Chase making a yeah, comeback. Yeah, that guy. Uh, in Entourage. Great. Loved it. Uh, very intense. Um, I watched Fubar, my girl Monica Barbaro from Top Gun Maverick and Arnold, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was like if True Lies was a TV show that was actually good. Sorry. I heard the, uh, the new one is not good. Sorry. That was like aggressively mean for something I haven't Shade. watched. Um, and mostly in preparation for a few pop culture contenty things that we're going to have on for the win, I've been binge watching a few things. I watched all of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I've also watched every Jack Ryan related movie, which awesome. I'm going to rank the Jack Ryans. Spoiler alert: Ben Affleck was a really good Jack Ryan. Yeah, some I, of all some fears. of all fears was a great movie. I'd never I seen like it. I like some of all fears. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I even liked. I really liked the Chris Pine one too. So, uh, sorry, Alec Baldwin. Oh, I watched Hunt for Red October for the first time, which some of the uh, avid fans of this podcast um, were very disappointed in me that <laughs> I've not seen it before. I got yelled at a lot online for that one. Um, a lot of people were like, you were in the Navy. And I was like, yeah, but we don't have to watch every Navy related movie. <laughs> is that not, is that not during training? <laughs> not a requirement. It's like, it's like when you've, you've got a, you've got a substitute teacher coming in in Navy school and it's just like, we're going to go ahead and pop in a video today here, folks. Yeah. Well, let's see what we got. Down Periscope today, folks. Down Periscope. <laughs> did you wait? Did you watch Down Periscope yet? Cause you I have not. Seen... God, that's the one. <laughs> That's the I one. love how he's like, I can't believe people did that. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Really, you in the Navy without seeing that? I just I, I, really I, appreciate. I know that we are probably going to do a Hunt for Red October episode. Um, I've heard Ryan Nanny is a big fan, and he also texted me angrily about not having seen it. Um, I just love that Sean Connery was like, Russian? No, no I'm just going to be Scottish. Like, love, at, at that, he had earned that right. Full, earn the right to be Scottish. Normal, his regular accent in the middle of this like Russian sub with Tim Curry and Sam Neill, none of whom did any sort of Russian accent. They were just like, no, no, you know that we're Russian. We told you that. Yeah. <laughs> they walked so uh, Chernobyl could run. 
<laughs> um, so the the content I've watched lately, we watched we we've done all stuff from previous years. We watched the After Party on Apple, which is great, which has a new season dropping in July. And then uh, on a plane recently, I finally watched Ambulance, which uh, Caroline soon. <laughs> you, you tell I me. You tell didn't me when. Finish it. Oh I really? Ha- it's. It's not good. Oh, I didn't say it was good, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. it. it wasn't, so it wasn't like a tap out. Like I honestly, until just now, didn't realize that I didn't finish it, if that makes sense. Like I didn't stop it in disgust. I had to do something. And then I forgot that I was watching it. If that's It's time to come back. Come back home. Come yeah, back home to I, the ambulance. Now I'm like, oh, let me think if I want to like restart it. <laughs> Back yeah, in. Back back in. In. little Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, ambulance rips. Is that, um, it's heist, right? It's a heist movie. Heist. Yeah. Well, so it's a it's it's like a heist, but it's more of a getaway. It's like a heist and driving. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Rips. Yeah. Absolutely rips. Um. <laughs> b- before we get into the actual topic of this episode, we're five minutes in. Uh, Caroline. <laughs> Extremely new forecast. content, new new content air horn that doesn't yeah. exist. Like new content. Everywhere that you can get your podcasts, except apparently Apple, because Apple's slow right now, but it will be on Apple. We've been promised that it will be on Apple. Um, but me and my good friend and coworker Matt Scalisi and I are start we have started there is an episode live a new podcast on pop culture things um called for the water cooler um and actually our first guest is also here mike jr joined us for the first episode to talk all things taylor swift and we did some trivia and we talked some movies uh it was a fun time so check it out give it a listen all that fun stuff rate and review follow subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts <laughs> but yeah it's gonna be fun we've got a um guest lineup for the next few and each week we're going to just talk about some big podcast things or big podcast things big pop culture things that are going on um and have a good time you guys have a lovely podcast artwork and a very <laughs> creative fun name which i enjoy so you've satisfied Yay. really the main tenets of good podcasting and the rest will just be success yeah. that comes naturally it'll exactly along I had a couple exactly. friends who uh, maybe they'll listen to this one and then we'll continue this train of me like mentioning them, but they listened to the podcast while driving down to Pinehurst to play uh, my friends, Missy and Helen. And they were the friends that I mentioned who drove to Pittsburgh to see the second Taylor Swift show. <laughs> and so they texted, they were like, we got that shout out kind of roundabout, like, you know, anonymous shout out. We knew who it was. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'll have to tell them to listen to this one so that they can get the other shout out. Well, everyone go download. Everyone go subscribe. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just thinking about it. I would love to go to Pinehurst. But anyways. Right. So we're seven minutes in. Uh, <laughs> That's even, it? E- oh, man. I know. We, I got more time to fill. <laughs> yeah. E- even longer with the uh, with the post, post-production intro, I'll add. But like I said earlier, you know, Ted Lasso has left us. You guys were were unable to make the episode 12. The I, I think I feel comfortable. And this is something I guess we can talk about calling it the season finale. Now I'm yeah. feeling I'm feeling better about that. But with a couple weeks hindsight, Mike, how did maybe the Ted Lasso, Ted, the character, series finale ted lasso the show season three finale how how was it sitting with you your thoughts on how the plane came down on the runway um 
the plane landed. It was one of those where it was a bit of a jolt in certain areas, but overall, I, I mean, listen, I think we're all cognizant. They had a lot of loose ends to tie up and your point about this being a season, not a series finale, I think is supported by the amount of strings that weren't tied up when this was all said and done. And a couple ones that were, you know, newly extended out there. So I thought it did an admirable, admirable job tying up, you know, there were storylines that we can talk about overall from season three that I thought were interesting and interesting choices. But in general, I enjoyed the finale. There were a couple of emotional moments and we got the ending that by that point we all knew was coming. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I really liked it. I, I thought there was stuff that, you know, there's nothing. It's hard to have like a perfect finale Shit's Creek is like the only one I can think of off the top of my head that like legit like hit all of the things um and so there was stuff where I was like you know I get their complaints about like the Roy and Jamie like Keely fight situation like but I also think that it's pretty reasonable that grown men will regress into some like high school emotions over like that didn't it wasn't something to me where it's like they completely ruined all character development by having them have this like one thing um but I think, you know, it was what I expected out of Ted's storyline. I was stoked to see my <laughs> Dutch McDreamy show back up because we all know how much I loved him and he was great. And um, I think that that was, you know, the story wasn't so much like, it's been hard because there's been so, still so much discussion online and mm-hmm. like for one, for some reason, Twitter has decided to show me just one subsect of well, it's like I clicked a few through to read things and now it's like, oh, you want to read these things. I was like, I don't actually. Um the discourse has been tense. It has, and it's gotten so far off the rails that people are like writing really kind of condescending mean stuff about like the characters and sometimes even the actors or the writers or the showrunners or et cetera. Um, and it's bums me out because we've talked about this before, like the show is supposed to be like nice and uplifting and make you feel good and growth and maturity and like all these things and so um I want to be able to enjoy the storylines that I did enjoy and like they finished how I thought they would I knew Ted was going home I think he needed to be with Henry that's the most important relationship in his life um and sure I can see some of the like you know the did we get all the goodbyes out of him that we expected but I kind of was like have you ever left someone before it's like really hard and like so I can see the emotions there and I loved the last football match like to get the win the callback to the SB like pass it here I'm open I'm open was so I was sobbing at that point like just sobbing because it's and it's we've talked about before they did such a great job over the course of the series arc with not doing every sports cliche when you thought they would they didn't win the first season like they had moments where they failed and had to overcome things and then there were times where and but they gave us the you could say it was like the cheesy cliche ending where they got the win they didn't get the championship because of the who i guess it was um man city that won because they beat yeah man city won um and so that's fine. like I that's the stuff that I do kind of like is like they got their emotional moment um I think Trent's arc was fantastic heading into season three I don't think he was very high on a lot of people's lists and like now I think that you know the story we got for him was excellent 
I think the um, giving the team to the to the people is such a great there was a lot of like Wrexham vibes for me in the last episode like kind of how the team belongs to Richmond um so yeah overall I still like I thought it was a good season I enjoyed the season I enjoyed the show I think that we're gonna get you know I love Roy as the coach Nate's back in the fold um yeah I enjoyed it I I would give it an A (laughs) that was a long rambling like a lot of a lot of emotions but you know as two people who work either for or with or about certain gambling entities, what are the odds that we get a season four? Because I think it is it is strong. Yeah. Sure, at, at this point, like it it all signs, especially if there wasn't a writer strike right now. I think yeah. I, yeah, I think obvious. Yeah, obviously we're you know we're gonna have to wait that out. Um, but I I mean, Mike, I'll kick it to you, but I I feel very confident oh yeah they they left enough meat on the bone with all of that with rebecca with you know her and keely and the notion of the women's team that they're getting ready to try and start i just feel like there's so much clearly there that i thought like is it gonna technically be a spinoff would it actually just be a fourth season an iteration of ted lasso if Ted is not as directly involved in all the same ways, like however you want to couch it, there is going to be a direct successor to this season. Yes. I think that's abundantly clear. Yeah. And I think it's going to be called the Richmond way. Something like Mm, that. Yeah. Um, I I could see that or just like a show called AFC Richmond. Yeah. And I think um, I will say again, I enjoyed season three. One of the things that Alex had talked about a lot too, was like the idea that Jason Sudeikis being a perfectionist and like, going over things so many times doing all this stuff and i do think that you see a difference without bill lawrence who went to go then work on shrinking and this is not like a oh he blew it he ruined it he didn't even see what he was writing and he didn't know what he was doing like it's just it there was a difference and um i know that bill's busy but how busy (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna say that becomes the tough part because yeah shrinking is also like like this show supposed to be a three season arc in the way that they thought about it originally because that was the whole point was when they had originally set out to do ted it was supposed to be this three seasons that's how they had it the story in their mind i believe that's the same notion for shrinking um you can check out my interview with bill lawrence gojo podcast where we get your podcast because this part two is like um i don't know what if if they do a fourth season or a new spinoff like first season um, I don't know what Jason Sudeikis' involvement would be at all. Like, I know that we don't expect to see Ted Lasso back in a in a massive way, like hence why we think the Ted Lasso arc is done and all that stuff. Um, but is, is it something that he wants to come back and write? So that's where I'm also kind of like, who's going to be doing the writing of this? And there's so many talented writers out there, like pay the people and the strike. Come on, guys, this sure. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brett Goldstein is he, like to get, he's done so much with shrinking um as well and so i'd love to see like if he gets a little bit more i mean i don't know what the breakdown is now so i'm not saying yeah. like he but didn't say, do anything did... for ted lasso like but yeah. like i would you love got, to see you've got him and brendan there like you've got enough of the brain right. trust still mm-hmm. involved to right. feel like the soul of it would be in the right place yeah, yeah. and you... you've got to have them too that yes. i was i was thinking about that yes. i do think a version of this show can survive without sudeikis and the character of ted they can't continue this on but you have to you have to keep the core. You have you yeah. have to have the right you have to have Hannah Waddingham, you have to have Brendan, you have to have Brett Goldstein, probably have to have Nick Muhammad. 
I and Phil Dunster. I think yeah, I think with Dunster. those future I, I Emmy it, winner Phil Dunster. Mm, Let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. Um, unrelated but related. Mike, have you seen the um, interview that Brett Goldstein did where he talks about getting um, Harrison Ford to join the show? To join Shrinking? Oh, yes. I'll defi- I, okay. Yeah, okay. where he just like goes up the street and asks him about it. And he had to reschedule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had to reschedule because he had a gig. And Phil Lawrence was like, you canceled the gig. Yes. And he was like, there are... 40 people <laughs> counting on me <laughs> anyway sorry if you haven't seen like i highly recommend google it's so it's just perfect brett goldstein because brett goldstein in real life from interviews again i don't sadly do not know him personally um but he's so not roy <laughs> like, he's so like goofy and kind of giggly and like so it's it's his storytelling but then he also has the like he'll drop f-bombs like roy so it's like this great mix of like um, yeah, so highly recommend go find that interview. It's excellent. Brett Goldstein seems like Roy on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Roy, if he's been hanging out with the bus driver. <laughs> A lot of uh, gems from the Shrinking Press Tour, including Jason Siegel was on one of the Tonight Shows and talked about uh, Harrison Ford watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And that one particular scene in Forgetting Mike's Sarah Marshall. Line. <laughs> Vindicated, baby. Vindicated. You and Harrison Ford, the same comments about Jason Siegel's rabbit parts. They thought I was a madman. <laughs> Turns out me and Harrison Ford, just two great American minds meeting in the middle, both agreeing. Jason Dake has put on a strong dick performance in that movie. <laughs> Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Siegel. Excuse me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've seen. I don't, I don't think, think we've seen. No, and that is yeah. not a that is not a petition for that to happen either. This is you know happy little accident, right? I, I mean, there's th- there's a contingent of the Ted Lasso fan base that did want that. Um, yeah, I I think just kind of putting wrapping up the uh, the season three finale. Like I thought they certainly left meat on the bone. I, I think Mike, I liked your description of his little jerky landing, but a, a lot of good things came out of it. A lot, of, I think, a satisfying end for Ted. There were things I, I went into it pretty deep on the recap that I would have liked to have seen a, a few more of the Ted conversations. But I'm, yeah. I'm happy about it. It yeah. is tough when you, for for how much the show expanded with all these different characters to tie everything perfectly into a bow. You know, we talked. I think we talked over the course of the season the Keeley stuff. And that's something that I would love to see season four, kind of right, right. The ship there with Keeley yeah. and, and let her get a little more shine and, and flesh that out a little bit. I was actually giving this some thought that I think if the show had actually ended after season one, we would have been deprived of a lot of great content, but I think the season one finale would have actually been an incredible series finale. If it was just a one season mini series, just thinking on that because they, you know, it ends with Rebecca saying, you know, we're, you know, got to win next year or bring me back. Like a lot of good things and everyone kind of ends in a pretty good place. Even Jamie encouraged with the, the toy soldier on yeah. the, on the man city yeah. bus like that, that think, I mean, we'll, we'll do a deep retrospective and just to get a little inside baseball, this, especially if you subscribe to the Patreon or you support via the Patreon, you know, we had planned this to be a Ted Lasso season three retrospective got, Got a couple people on the IL right now. It's not working out. We want to have the whole, the whole squad for this. A nice fleshed out season three retrospective. So, um, gonna do some some something different tonight. We're gonna we're gonna change things up. We started out the season with an episode draft. 
tonight we are going to do a character draft. The show has introduced us to many people that we love like our own family members. And now we're going to uh, tear ourselves apart thinking about what order we would select those people in. If we were were letting these people into lifeboats, who are we picking first? (laughs) And this is so difficult because it's trying to figure out who overall, like not just my last taste from the most recent series, yeah, but who overall, because there are a couple I am ready to get irresponsible with purely <laughs> based on season three alone. It, it's tough too, because I mean, I, again, a little more inside baseball. We're doing this completely on the fly. We have discussed zero parameters. <laughs> there are no rules. We literally no had a massive text disaster while Mike was trying to do real adult work job stuff. <laughs> he comes in like the community pizza on fire. We're like, we're doing a character draft. <laughs> So we, and I was like, you know what? Now I'm really leaning into it. I've got no notes. I've written no names down. I've got no, I'm, this is on vibes. This is just straight oh, on vibes. man. If, well, <laughs> see, and a vibes draft would be an entirely different draft. Yeah. If you're telling me I'm drafting five people strictly off their vibes on Ted Lasso, <laughs> I promise my number one pick would blow you guys out of the water. It would it's absolutely shock everybody. Yeah, say, spoil- <laughs> Thanks for giving it away. It's the bus driver. It's he's, the bus driver. Um, he's sick. It's the piggy stardust group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ted Lasso blunt rotation draft. <laughs> 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 Miss Bowen, I didn't expect you to show up to this party. <laughs> Ted La- Ted Lasso women Mike wants to find on Tinder. <laughs> Draft. <laughs> Jamie's mom. Number, Hello. May at number one. <laughs> yeah. Jamie's mom. Uh, oh my man. god. We had oh, a whole other podcast, brother. <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> Let's uh let's go ahead. Let's do the ad break and then we're going to come back. We're going to we're going to shape up some parameters and then we're going to get to drafting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. And we could have, during the ad break, discussed the parameters and jumped right into it. Ah! But folks, we're... We're going to do this. We're We're doing it live. (laughs) Fuck it. We're doing it live. (laughs) Shout out Bill O'Reilly for that and that only because the rest of Bill O'Reilly. Contribution to (laughs) pop culture discourse. We're doing it live. Doing it live. So my thoughts here. So it's, it's NBA draft night. 
my my local San Antonio Spurs. I should be running into my new good friend Victor Wembanyama anytime now in the city. How I'm would sure you be we'll... able to recognize him? Does he stand out in a crowd? That's true. He <laughs> might he might be you know he might be discreet. Discreet. The... I'm sure we'll run in the same circles as well. <laughs> the pictures. I love nothing more than like athlete pictures where they're standing next to other athletes and make those athletes look like children like jj reddick's on my tv right now he did that pot the old man in the three with him and he made jj look like a toddler sitting on a like you know like when like a kid sits on a sofa and their legs come straight out like that's essentially what jj looks like sitting next to him and i was just like this is it's like the aaron judge next to uh, Jose Altuve picture. Love it. I, I always think of Ashawn Robinson next to Derrick Henry, another gigantic person. <laughs> yes. But for some reason, Ashawn yes. just looks like his dad when they were yes. they were going pro. I will <laughs> Didn't say Derrick Henry say like it was the way that the like oh, yeah. uh, or whatever it was. No, I'm thinking it's the, the pleats other one. in the I'm pants, the Alabama one. Oh, you're talking about that. Well, that's the album. You're thinking of the Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's Mark, the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. There was Mark. I, I love Mark Ingram. There was no <laughs> angle that was going to say. He him. was like, no, no, was he, he wasn't that much bigger than me. I was like, sir, <laughs> my brother in Christ. It may, it makes what you did more impressive that both yeah. of you technically exist sir. in the same position. But, <laughs> congratulations, San Antonio. Yes. My favorite of that is either uh, Shaq next to Yao Ming, which is really, mm. which is really something. And then I like when it's offensive linemen next to NBA centers, because yes. we think of offensive linemen as the biggest dudes, and then NBA centers are just a whole different class of human being. Yeah. Then you remember Steph Curry is staring eye to eye with your favorite offensive linemen, and yeah. this is all just terrifying. And that's why Imagine I love Steph Curry at 300 pounds. What does that look like? Uh, honestly, content wise, guys, we were getting close to people exploring that because we are in content hell right now. I saw <laughs> NFL, the NFL main account posting. What if Patrick Mahomes was left-handed where they just mirrored all his highlights? <laughs> I got a push notification from Fox sports this morning that said, could Wemby be an MLB all-star? We asked MLB sources, and here's what they – I read it, too, in the – is Baby Gronk the new Riz King? Oh, God. Because I am broken. I am a shell of a human being. Guys, I was laughing. This is so not related to anything, but because you said those words, Mike, uh, our good friend Clinton Yates is at the College World Series, and he tweeted yesterday. He's like, I swear if one more 12-year-old comes up and asks me where Libby is <laughs> – and I don't know why it was the funniest tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> because he's like, what is it about me that makes them think <laughs> I know where Libby Dunn is? <laughs> and congratulations to Clinton, the Riz King. <laughs> That's what it means. He's been crowned by the 12 year olds. I just could not stop laughing at that tweet. <laughs> Pocketing the future podcast idea for this group specifically, just a podcast called This Isn't Related to Anything. And just <laughs> <laughs> actually genius podcast. <laughs> this is not related to anything we just said, but <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so, okay. So it's NBA draft night. We that I, I said it's NBA draft night, and then we we got That's to baby girl. Uh, so I'm thinking five characters per team. Yeah, five's I, pretty I, good. I was gonna yeah. say five or six, but I think yeah, I think five or six. So uh, snake draft. 
I'm going to do the order in the uh, wheel generator. And you guys are going to have to trust me as a person because I'm not going to share my screen because last time that was a disaster because my <laughs> computer was old. So, so it's I'm fine. Gonna Mike's not doing it. I know not to trust Mike anymore. When he's doing it. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're spinning. I'll just, I'll just announce this live. It's on Caroline. It's on me. I, I'm picking first. Okay. This, oh, this seems kind of shitty. Seems kind of shitty. Oh, and it claps too. The sound effect <laughs> is a clap. <laughs> okay. We have a winner, Kyle. That is me. Okay. So. Oh my God. I am the winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it's spinning between Mike and Caroline. It's on Caroline and. Caroline, there we go. Okay. Uh, you needed that after the lacrosse tournament, so. Oh. I'm happy for you. Ooh. The character draft just got nasty. Yeah. Okay. Mike, who who are you gonna take first round? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna go get my national championship shirt for the rest of this. Well, I'd have to pick which one I which one I wanted to choose. So yeah, it's cute the, that you guys have one now, though. The gloves are off, baby. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So I was going to say, well, we got to this, this academic season or whatever athletic season, but I think y'all got fencing too, huh? Damn right. Three Pete first three Pete in school history. How about you Irish? Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I'm so sorry. I mean, I, uh, the, the benefit of, of marrying and marrying a TCU alum wife is it was a great year for TCU athletics. No, no, no ships, but a national championship game that I don't remember what happened. And then um, the uh, the College World Series, which was a lot of fun. I'm I I would say TCU baseball diehard. Like that's what I I root for the most now. So that that was fun. College that, World that Series the best man. College it's World also Series the most the painful best. thing in the entire world. <laughs> it's just devastating. <laughs> oh man, the the absolute best. And I'm also it's a shame we don't have more college baseball movies if we're tying it back to the podcast. Oh. Hmm. So we got some people to call. Yeah. Jer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, what would what would a Jerry Bruckheimer college baseball, college movie, baseball look like? movie look like? I mean, incredible explosions, cocaine, not not totally dissimilar. Okay, uh, I am picking first because I won the wheel spin fair and square. Um, this is the only. This is actually the only pick I thought of. This is the I I thought about who I would pick number one. I'm going with my heart, going with my favorite character. I'm going with Roy Kent. God damn it. I love, (laughs) I love Roy Kent so much. We went into the show and right away we knew we would love Ted Lasso, but the, the growth in love of Roy over season one and then the personal growth he showed our last shot of Roy aside from the barbecue is him sitting in Dr. Sharon's office, holding that, holding the army man that she got from Ted, um, and everything in between. You know, the the first time we saw him to the last time he left our screen. I am, uh, what what an incredible TV character! One of my favorite TV characters of all time. Absolutely. Love the man. No notes. I am furious. Yeah, Mike, would he have been your first pick? I'm curious. Uh, yes, I, I yeah. think I, I think you could argue by the end of the show that the focus had shifted from Ted as the center to 
really Roy and Jamie at the center of it. I thought by the end there and like whatever version goes forward, I think having them as the main characters is the right way to go because by the end of the show, they were the main characters. That was the storyline I cared most about. They were the ones that had had the most development because Ted was sort of settled by then. So I, I agree. I think Roy is, you know, one of the, one of the good ones. Just a true, true King. I am crippled with indecision. Um. All right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is a little recency bias, but uh, with the number two pick in the character draft, I am going to take my sweet, sexy baby, Jamie Tart. Oh, (laughs) wow! This is a total like this is a defense move, but also like he, I want him on my team. Like if I can't, if I obviously cannot have Roy now, like I need to have one of the two, and this is the only way. To because I know that with the double pick, Mike would have taken him 100%. Like, there's no chance he comes back around to me. So, um, I just his character growth, I think, was some of the best on the show. I mean, we've joked with Alex about how at the end of the first season, she's like, There's no way we can be redeemed. Like, um, but to see, and it was just so masterfully played by Phil Dunster. I already said once, but like, future Emmy winner Phil Dunster, I'm going to speak it into existence because he has just been so fantastic as this character with like um and i appreciate it even more after when you listen to interviews that he does because phil dunster is a very very different person and he has the like different accent <laughs> and so he's playing jamie with every fiber of his being um and i i just think that he had some of the best lines over the course of the series he had some of the greatest moments um we saw like the now that like the Amsterdam episode where he taught Roy how to ride the bike was so perfect um even all this stuff when he even when he was a dick in the first season he still had so many like great great moments um one of the ones that stands out late is the episode where they went to Man City (laughs) he was in in the funk whatever and Keely was trying to cheer him up and she's like I know people are saying like talking shit about your hair online he's like they're what (laughs) for some reason that line has always stuck with me so anyway i'm taking my sweet sweet baby (laughs) favorite accent in the series oh 100 and yeah i walk around trying to replicate it and it's just not possible just like it's poopy gotta let it go um the fact that they sent out stickers in the gift packages that we saw nicole and alex get that said poopy with his accent attempted (laughs) in written form is it's the difference. When I was just a wee sexy baby. Um, he's just so good. Like, he makes me so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going James Also Hart. provided the most sports movie type moments, like, actually yes. on the pitch. Like, a yeah. lot of great, in, in every season, a lot of, yeah. lot of great stuff. One of the, Jamie. one of my favorite ones is when he does the thing where, like, they tell, where they do this, the sign and, like, he, that he needs to be more of an asshole and less of a team player. And uh, he, when he gets in the opponent's head, where he's like, "You're gonna foul me, and then I'm gonna make it from here." <laughs> Such a great, great sport moment. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite sports movie tropes: is the freakishly talented athlete who seemingly can do anything they want and just has control over the scene, like an overlord. And I, I love that. It's like the, it, I, I guess it, it's kind of like an urban myth almost of like the pitcher, like the little league pitcher who will walk three guys on purpose and then strike them all out. It's like that happening, but it's yep. uh, and soccer and Jamie Tart. Love that. Uh, Mike, you're in the, you're in the swing spot. Two picks to you. Whew. 
<laughs> back to back to back jacks right here. All right. Um, my one pick off the board. I will go Rupert for no. no just, <laughs> <laughs> he said it. It counts. He said yeah. it. It's can. It's canon it now. Put it down. He he, he turned in the card. <laughs> Cut um, just that clip. Yeah, exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Pick <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Ted at this spot. I I think I think third overall is a comfortable spot for the titular character of the show. I think that. Uh, and again, I will always go back to the original context of the show is so important. And for Jason Sudeikis to have been able to thread the needle with the way this character was presented when we all needed something to feel good about in the middle of a global pandemic, they took something that could have been infinitely corny, could have been done really poorly, and somehow managed to make it sing because this character was just so damn lovable had some of the most gutting moments. Like I know eventually we'll in the whole show retrospect, I thought season two was the best season of the show. Oh. I, I actually enjoyed season two the most. And part of that was because I thought the depth was really well explained for everybody. And that charge was again, led by Ted and Rebecca in tandem. I think in the episode draft, um, no weddings in a funeral was either my first or second pick in that draft. And that that moment for me will like always stick and so i thought the job overall again it's you know i don't have to sell too hard the show's called ted lasso <laughs> it shouldn't be that surprising but it's a good pick sorry right. no rupert deece <laughs> yeah not not as not as quality a, a pick or person as rupert but um you we'll did your it. best yeah you did your best <laughs> tried real hard all right this one this one's tough for me and I I want to make one pick just for the obvious insinuation that has dominated the internet, but I actually <laughs> I actually I I think with my pick here I'm going to go with Keely. Keely. Okay. I think Keely. I think I want Keely on my second one there. For me, it was and I'll give it up here because I'm not going to pick for two picks again anyway. It was between Keely and Rebecca for me here. Um, I think you can make a ton of arguments there, but again, Keely's another one ton of growth. I think got done wrong by her season three involvement. I think we can all agree, you know, a lot of the storylines there did not serve her very well. The whole Jack thing, but in general, I thought was a really strong voice of reason who was also finding her way during the portion of this, her and Roy and the eventual thruple became somewhat of an obsession for all of us. So uh, I love, I love Keely. I'm happy to have her aboard for one of us, especially not on this podcast, but <laughs> someone in the group text was very into it. Very yeah. into it. <laughs> I love that pink Mike, because you have left me my sweet, sweet Rebecca who I'm taking. <laughs> um 100 percent. she's i almost took her the first time around uh honestly because i just think one hannah waddingham just is incredible like as an actress and should also be up for emmy consideration you know love 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 her um and the character we talked a lot about growth for everybody but that's it is what it is that's what the show was like it was characters developing and growing and evolving and from where she was in the first season trying to sabotage everything the hurt and pain that she felt um to letting go of everything by the third season and a team that she 
took over out of spite becoming something that she gave back to the people of the city of the of the town i don't know what the right word is for richmond um i think it was such a great journey for her to go on and letting go to the point where you know she got to find her tall handsome dutch man and that i love that for her <laughs> so uh, yeah i'm taking rebecca i'm very happy with this jamie and rebecca also have great scenes together sometimes so well, I was just going to say, if we're doing that too, I mean, Ted and Ted and Keely, one of the have original, very yeah. important scenes in the first yes. season of the show. Yes. Yeah. I, I still, the banter about the uh, um, tabloid covers is one of my favorite like comedy moments between two characters. Tart's yeah. tart. <laughs> tart's tart breaks tart's heart, whatever. Along with Brett Goldstein, I think Hannah Waddingham for me was the biggest revelation from this show. Yeah as is yeah. like she just a star could do yeah. anything would watch her name because i didn't really have any recognition of her before the show like i, I knew her as I the shame the shame nun from but game I, of thrones like that's you couldn't, it yeah i didn't realize the shame nun was one of the most incredible stunners to walk this planet yeah, like, the, like the sexiest women to ever ex- yeah, yeah. <laughs> exist on planet earth yeah yeah Same tough lady. ending for the shame nun tough ending for her for yeah. her in that show. Ugh. Hard, hard L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things worked out better. I mean, in Game of Thrones, she also ended with a big husky man. Just not, <laughs> it's not in the same, <laughs> not doing the same things. <laughs> the same, yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible. Ugh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think if I were to guess what the first five picks would have been, it would have been those characters in some order. Yeah. I think. Yep. Thing now, now is where it gets a little weird. The depth of my, I'm so excited for the depth of these rosters. Honestly, I'm like yeah. glad we just got the obvious ones out of the way here. Let's get to the party now. Kyle, what do you got here? What do you got here? So I think my, I've got two. My first one is, is easy because this is the character who I find so interesting and who I think made me laugh the most in this show. And that is coach beard. Okay. I love, yep. I love beard <laughs> And especially if it's cemented in the penultimate episode, his speech out front of Nate's apartment is um, when we finally find out the, why that connection with beard and Ted is so deep. And he, I, I think beard, like beard is the most interesting man in the world. Like, the the man has yeah. lived 40 lives already and we've seen a couple of those lives have been insanity but i just i've the work they did with that character is so funny all the physical comedy but the way that he wasn't just a joke like when beer yeah. need i mean think about the speech with nate the speech with henry yeah. uh i mean just since he's but but Oh, I mean, early early on when he gives Ted the speech at, at the pub, and he yes. goes, "This does this does matter. Like yeah. there are people whose lives are going to be affected by this. Like he was a compass for this show at times. Horticulture, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my favorite. Like, yeah, uh, and I mean, like the moment where he's like, where he's Will Kitman. Excellent, yeah. good yeah. stuff. Good Will, physical comedy, and, and where Will Kitman is him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So love, love beard, love Brendan hunt. Um, Brendan hunts episode of celebrity jeopardy was incredible by the way. Was it? Oh, I I bet the the man knows facts 
knows yeah, things. Just, and that's the least surprising thing. Yeah. Um, I would I would both love to be on Celebrity Jeopardy or just Jeopardy. We I won't be on Celebrity Jeopardy, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I would be I, I feel like I would love it, but simultaneously I would be so scared that I oh, would 100%. just I would go over. You'd be the one that get clipped and like yeah. become a story yep. for the win. Be 100%. Horrible. horrible. I want to go on teen Jeopardy because those are the ones I can answer. <laughs> I want to go on. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I don't know. That's too no, far. Cause then that's, do that either. that's no. lose, lose. Nope. Yeah. Like fuck them kids. <laughs> it's lose, lose. Cause if you get that shit wrong, you're like, how hard could it be? And then they whatever I'll like, fight all of you would be my response. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You might be smart, but you're weak. I'm gonna kick your dad's ass. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, Mike's okay. not doing the podcast anymore. He got arrested for fighting kids. On, <laughs> yeah. I thought this is America. <laughs> oh, so can't, can't even punch a fifth grader anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I okay. thought it was, can you t- take down all these fifth graders? <laughs> my fist was my fist was smarter than those fifth graders. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't smarter than those fifth graders to fuck with me. It's not related, but <laughs> dummies can't spell punch. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As those fifth graders would five fingers say to the face, and they didn't understand yeah. that. <laughs> I'm like, I, the last time I cried doing this was when we did the Peaky Blinders thing. <laughs> or no, Boardwalk Empire. Okay. BS2. <laughs> BWE S2. If you guys know, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Kyle, are you still picking? I'm still picking. Yeah, he's I'm, got I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, We've got no clock. So this is difficult. Um, I want to say I'm going back and forth between two people. I'm trying to. I had the same problem during the episode draft, thinking about like what can I, who can I float down. Who can I float mm. down to me? Trying to get value I, on the draft board. Yeah, I, I, I don't who's a, think who's a five ten safety. Yeah, what man? So what? It's it's four who, picks. Who played lax in college? Bill Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> Kid ran a four six, but the routes are crispy. Who's the most likely Patriots draft pick in this class? I'm not. I'm not giving you any information. You have to make your own choices. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's I mean it's basically Colin and Baz. I was about to say. Yeah, like, Colin. Uh I am going. Oh, I'm going with Sam Obasanya. Uh fair to say, like, not Ted's surrogate son, but really the we see the relationship with Ted and Jamie progress, but especially in season one. Watching, I think Ted works the closest with Sam in that mentor level. Roy is a different kind of relationship because it's a different relationship between a veteran player on the on the back end and Sam, 21 years old, just trying to figure it out in the world. And watching that relationship between Sam and Ted was so special. And another character whose growth, like watching, you know, at the end of season two, him opening the restaurant, the episode with his dad in season three, just incredible, you know, I think in in the montage to end season three, seeing Sam with the Nigerian team, with the Nigerian national team was one of the moments that 
wrecked me was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, also starts hooking up with his boss, which is fun and, and kind of a storyline that I'm <laughs> not sure you. was entire. Oh, good for you, Jojo, a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sam Obasani. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I'm not going to fret. Strong. Incredibly I strong. I am once again, I don't like, I'd rather have gotten the third place thing because I don't like this one middle pick because I'm like I feel like I'm playing defense on Mike because <laughs> I don't know who's going to be come, who's going to come back around. two characters are going to be gone by the next time I know it's completely in my head um oh I'd be careful about that one I this is another I I can't risk him not being there when we come back around i am taking my sweet sweet boy danny rojas oh i, oh, I knew wow. before we started the episode jacqueline said caroline is going to draft danny rojas before anyone gets to him so <laughs> she called that 100 percent. i love him so much it hurts and now mike's reaction made me think he might have been there on the flip side which i that's fine i was in between a couple people but we'll see who comes back around to me um throughout the entire thing danny has just been like a the literal beacon of joy and light through everything and it's he's the one-liners are so funny to me it just he absolutely kills me the delivery christopher fernandez is just a delight and the whole i loved when we got the mexican team danny rojas (laughs) who was just a dick oh my um, god yes <laughs> was so Randy Dohas. yes <laughs> uh was so funny um and since i couldn't get the other mcu character roy kent <laughs> i now have mcu post-credit scene king danny rojas um do you remember this mike you and the end of no way home no, he was a bartender that. Oh, is um, he the? Is he serving venom at yeah. No Way Home? Oh, yeah. oh, wow! I forgot Guys. about. It. I did too. <laughs> it's been a while. I know. I shouted in the crowded theater on night one, like seeing No Way Home. Tears still wet on my cheeks from crying for two and a half hours through the whole thing. And I went, Danny Rojas, like in the middle of this theater. Um, but yeah, I love Danny Rojas. Um, football's life, and he's my pick. I love my team so far. So, <laughs> all right, we're getting we're getting down to it now. Man, oh man. Okay. For the first leg of this, I'm gonna go Trent Krim. Oh, mm. Shit. Yeah. Mm, that's that's who I that's who I was in between. Was <laughs> yeah. I was hoping because he wasn't on that first page of IMDb <laughs> that y'all would just forget about him. <laughs> No, 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 because I just used the Google uh, group oh, that shows up, and he is very near the top of that. So Your, your methods, Mike, will always. I'm shrouded in mystery. <laughs> I, honestly, and like, obviously, he's got the great arc in season three where yeah. he becomes somewhat of a mentor to Colin, and you know, we find out that Trent is gay, and he kind of helps guide Colin through how to come out. And we've got that really heartfelt moment, that night out between the two of them that ends with the conversation down by the water where it says Colin, you know, Colin says, I just want to, you know, be able to kiss my fella after the match the same way all my you know mates kiss their lady. 
And so uh, between that and then, honestly, like the sealer for me always, like at the end of in the, I guess it was the third, I guess it was the third episode of season one when Trent does his article on Ted that's supposed to be the teardown piece. And it ends with, and I'm paraphrasing, but some version of, and although Richmond will most certainly fail, I won't take any joy when it happens. Like this idea that this is one of the first victories for Ted where all of his enemies eventually become friends type thing was very much emblematic. And just Great hair, great vibe, easily identifiable in a press conference. His legacy is so strong that the guy just becomes new Trent. New Trent. Yeah. 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 Incredible vibes from Trent. Love him becoming a part of the Diamond Dogs. Um, that that uh, Trent Krim, the Independent, that, that episode you referenced, Mike, is that might be one that got away from me in the in the episode draft because that is yeah. that is really a great a great draft when Rude. Ted. Is, Ted yeah, is doing good, the uh, the Indian food version of Rapper's Delight, just like shoving shoving food that he just cannot seem to. <laughs> it's not it's not good for him into his stomach. Man, great time! And you get the books, and the book comes. Jamie does read. The, that's the book episode. Oh, is that when he gives away the wrinkle in time? Oh, wow. Yeah, the beautiful and the damned. I think is what he Man. gave to Jamie, and then Jamie has it in his locker. Like this, either the last episode, or the second last episode. Anyway, good callbacks, folks. Good callbacks. Quality show, I'd say. I feel like I feel it's like pretty show. good. good. We show. should do a podcast on it. <laughs> we should. We should talk about it every now and then. <laughs> uh, this next one is really because now I'm 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 having the Caroline problem of I understand <laughs> there are going to be four picks between when I get here next and now, and this character will almost surely not be there if I let them go past here. Actually, I mean, it's true for both of the ones that I'm weighing right now. Hmm. 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 I am going to go with Higgins. Damn it. Damn it. I thought for sure he was getting to me. Oh, he was not getting to you. (laughs) 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 Damn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the best lines in the show. You also have, you know, I, I one of Rebecca's first real like moments of oh, I I guess she shouldn't say first real moments of bite, but when she's chin checks um, Higgins pretty hard in the first season, when Higgins is doing his gagging thing, talking about doing this to Ted, and he confronts her, and then she immediately jujitsu's him with the line about how many you know lunch dates did you set on my calendar while you helped Rupert sneak women in and out. Uh, you know, yada, yada like that. But, you know, that the Christmas episode, which is one of my favorites where Higgins yeah. and his family take center stage, his family in general, weird facial hair, jazz influence, all these great things. Season three, him and Collins night out to the jazz club that they thought was a sex club. All of it. <laughs> Higgins forever. I, I said this during the season when we were recapping, but I have much more Higgins in me than I care to admit. Um, he spills things on himself often. It's very me. He gets very flustered very easily. Uh, also me. Um, the running gag where his office being in different places throughout the seasons has been has been <laughs> truly delightful. Yes. Yeah. Um, shoot, Mike. Also, I realize now the next time around is going to be my last pick and I have got so many people that I am worried about. I know. Okay. So I I was going to say, I was going to say there are no rules in this draft. We are within (laughs) our rights to add more roster spots. 
could go to six. We get a get a little get a little bench in there. Yeah, yeah. We need it. We need it. Need a six <laughs> six man or a woman. So uh, let's go to yeah. six. Let's go to six. All right, that helps me a little bit. That makes me feel a little bit better. Part of me too. Why this is difficult is I love all of them so much that I feel like I'm insulting someone yes. by not taking them. Yeah, and I don't know these people. They're not real. Like <laughs> I feel I'm like, I should not feel badly in this draft we came up with two hours ago. A couple of people on characters. Twitter who need to hear that. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say your, your grasp, your grasp of reality with this is a bit stronger than others. Um. Okay. So that said that I love all of my sweet, sweet players equally. Um. I'm going to go with Isaac McAdoo captain. Ooh. That was that was the exact one I was weighing against. Taking. Was it? <laughs> That's fine. Okay, good. That's like I. It's it would have been exactly the so. Um, Isaac just is the teddy. Like I, he's the teddy bear. He's like gruff. Like that one of the episode where. Um, he the rom com one where he goes rom communism and mm. goes and finds the joy of sport again. I think is one of the most beautiful episodes of the of the series, and it's just such a great. Oh, he's just he's delightful, and Cola Bikini playing him is excellent. And I yes, we love McAdoo, our sweet sweet captain, and I'm very glad that the episode that we were <laughs> stupidly worried about because <laughs> we were like the people on the show wouldn't make our sweet Isaac. Oh yeah, a bigot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was like that. They're like they they wouldn't, right? Like they're gonna be fine, <laughs> and everything was fine. And it was you know the um great scenes that we got between him and Billy Harris, aka Colin. So um yeah, great captain. <laughs> when he did the uh what was it like no video games unless you're playing Animal Crossing because that shit's soothing as hell. Yep. <laughs> like he's just had some really good, really good lines. And now I have a guy on the roster that can give haircuts if needed. So. I was going to say the haircut. King. King says king. So, so important to have a guy on the roster who can get everybody lined up. Got to get it ready. Uh, you have to have that guy. Have to have that guy with the clippers in his apartment. Um. Okay. I'm in the same scenario where my first pick is eat. Like I know exactly who I want for this first one. The second one's going to hurt. I am going to go with the character who um, this is a high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. And this is Nate. Nate at his best is the best. Love him. We loved his growth in season one. Some of our favorite moments in season one is Nate going from this person who, you know, who was excited that Ted knew his name to becoming a coach for Richmond season two. Things get pretty dark. Season three, Nate's journey, while I would have liked to have seen a few of the conversations that happened again, I think kind of like a common, one of our common complaints, like I would have liked to have seen him talking to Rupert. But I remember I came into season three thinking, you know, how is, how is Ted going to rectify this with Nate or how are they going to come? But it was just all this internal growth for Nate. Like this, it was, we got to see him come to this realization himself that I'm not this person that I shouldn't be this person. And um, yeah, I, Nick Muhammad was phenomenal. The violin scene sobbed, Mm -hmm. sobbed at the violin scene. Also the uh, strong, strong work in the like second or third episode where I think it was third episode. I think it was the Trent Krim one where he's like, 
hold on you're telling me that the kit man came up with this and he's like there's poo over here again <laughs> this is another so poo still, yeah someone's been, <laughs> so been walking their dog i say that oh. sometimes when i see when i see dog poop <laughs> there's <laughs> another poo, poo. Uh, Kyle, honestly, this is probably the best value draft pick of any of us so far. I think, I think he slipped way too far because you're, you could argue some of the best active. I think I might've said this on a podcast at some point, you could argue he owns a couple of the best acted moments on the show. Like the breakdown of him at the end of season two, as much as we all hated him by the end there, like these moments where he's just frantically wiping away these tears in a manic state before he tears into the locker room, like all of it, that crescendo to that moment, all of the moments where he slighted over the course of that season for as much as season three, like you said, too much happened off screen with Nate, the stuff we got on, on screen, they cooked a brisket in season two with that dude. And it was seared to perfection by the end. Yeah. I probably mix terms brisket. that don't belong there together. I don't cook a lot of brisket. But. So, so, some of the like meat cooking Twitter's gonna yeah. come find yeah. you. Yeah. This idiot, he's yeah, searing you're, his brisket. Yeah, you're <laughs> get so, him. I will say you're not usually searing it on, but the nope. cooking of brisket does work. Like they, uh, <laughs> a nice slow. It was a it was a nice long cook. Got a lot of lo- lot of smoke on that. Created a lot of character, a lot of texture. Um, yeah, I, I think. That was that was like a ninety five percent well done. I, I like all, that. All I, know that was, I I I just did the meat version of Steve Carell's bags of sand from the forty year old version. <laughs> all I know about meat on the internet is never post a picture of it because you will get roasted harder than. <laughs> Shout out to Spencer Spencer Hall's tweet thread Hall of Fame. It looks like it was cooked in a car muffler. Lord, some of the worst looking stuff. Honestly, if there's something that you are proud of cooking, do not put it on the internet. Don't it do kinda, it because it will so get destroyed. There's okay, so there's people. I think as, as someone who smokes a considerable amount of meat and it, it enjoys the art, there is you have to have a certain level of self awareness too. Mm. Like it's you, you know, like man, Lincoln Riley can call plays but that man does not know what a good brisket looks like i mean he Ooh. he he put himself in for hurting when yeah, he, he posted he that. went to the kirk Cousins school of cooking meat <laughs> yeah it's Fucking. like when someone's like oh i did the or i saw someone that did the um where they left left a little bit of pink in the chicken oh, oh. like that's how you get salmonella <laughs> yeah uh lincoln riley put up a plate of tree bark on the internet and said this is <laughs> this is but if you know what you're looking for like if you have an idea th- i will say like smoking meat twitter is can be a kind place as yeah, long as you're not like place yeah, yeah and yeah. like uh yeah. I-, I always point to uh brian floyd brian floyd's oh, a great 100%. guy to yeah, yeah for for that but yeah. um yeah just don't you better come correct you better have an idea of, of what you need to be if you're using great grandma's brisket recipe and it looks like it fucking fell off a dying pine tree, that's not that's not what we want. It's not what we're looking for. Unrelated, but Yeah. Unrelated. Why does this always happen when it's my pick? <laughs> <laughs> this is we're trying to trick you into forgetting that you have a second yeah. one and you just like okay. forfeit. This segment sponsored by Traeger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we We'd be in business. Okay. 
I've got the I've got the cast up on my phone here. Arby's. Uh, we have the meats. <laughs> I knew that Grayson was watching too much TV at an early age because it was it, like a young young enough age where I still had a monitor up in his room. And there was one time he was sitting up in his crib or his bed or whatever and just saying, Arby's, we have the meats on repeat. <laughs> of the, still have the video. It's incredible. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe we went overboard with these screens. <laughs> um, okay. Hmm. I. Man. It's getting tough. It's getting real tough. Like um, a bad internet brisket. <laughs> <laughs> when the picks get tougher. You know what? I am going with everyone's favorite 600 year old barmaid. I'm oh, going with May. damn it. Are you serious? Yes. I'm going great with, with May. The giver of great advice. Oh, a woman who has been alive since the dark ages, just helping people along their journeys to fulfillment runs a great bar bought a shit ton of AFC Richmond stock at the end of the last episode the audacity of this man sneaky loaded because she's 600 years old <laughs> she's got the that absolute she's in, she inherited her own wealth <laughs> she left it to herself <laughs> I am ooh. I'm gonna leave that I'm gonna leave that I am on the fence here. I think I I am. Uh... Oh, this is a vibes pick, guys. <laughs> this is a vibes pick. I'm going sassy. Oh, son of a bitch! Son of a bitch! No! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Damn you to hell, Carol. <laughs> that might be oh, the moment that, that convinces me to finally learn what to do with all this video. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I feel great about this pick now. I thought you guys were gonna make fun of me. <laughs> she has some of the best moments led by <laughs> my and Mike knows that this is the best speech of the entire show, which she says to Rupert at the funeral. <laughs> She thinks about his death every day. That she's gonna be, she's gonna wear red to be a beacon of hope for all four people in attendance. She's the best. We love Sassy. She, oh. I loved her and Ted together. I thought it was excellent. She was right though that he is a mess, so I get it. Um, yeah, she's great best friend. Showed up at the right moments. The uh, the interactions with the guy at the hotel desk also. Like the first time we meet her, super funny. Um, yeah, sassy vibes, vibe squad. Like we're feeling it. Yeah, man. And for what it's worth, like in a show that, in its own way, kind of dealt with this in the form of relationships. The best relationship was sex, I think, of anyone in the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, very very comfortable with how she approaches these encounters. Very comfortable with her confidence in that arena. Just a breath of fresh air for a bunch of people struggling to try and all figure out how they fit in relationship wise with the people that they're involved with. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
feeling good about I'm, this one. I'm so rattled right now. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that was like no one was going to think of it. And you have two picks, including your final pick. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I like, do. What's even the point? Yeah, I just say, well, I, I, don't even, I don't even like this show anymore. It's a stupid, <laughs> stupid show. This Ever. This point in the draft feels like it's like in the third round of the NFL draft where you're like, okay, we got seven wide receivers on the board. We're picking one of them to be our third wide receiver this year. Like who's going to start for us? Yep. Well, uh, so I'll say that for my last pick. Cause now I know who my second to last pick is. And this one, this one's a keeper consistent presence throughout all season. Give me my dog, Phoebe, bring her ass oh, on over to the crib. Dude, right I almost saw oh, that is so, yep. cause I literally was like, should I take Phoebe or sassy? <laughs> Yep. She was a she was so good. A delight. So so good. A delight. Yes. Uncle Day is one of my favorite moments of season three. Yes. Yes. Oh, I I and I understand she was not the main focus of this scene, but when Keely brings her over at the beginning at the end of season one, when Roy or I forget the beginning of season two, maybe whenever Roy's kind of going through his crisis and she goes, tell me your favorite things about your uncle Roy. And none of them have anything to do with him being yeah. a footballer. What Perfect does she stuff. Know? She's seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, the day they all spend together when she's got halitosis. Oh, yeah. The, and the Christmas Roy- episode. Oh, the, Roy, uh, Roy's face. Honestly, that scene is between like where he's like, who the fuck is Barnard? <laughs> like that, like that whole, his delivery in that entire scene is some of the funniest TV that I've seen in years. Like every single time I see that scene, I'm in tears laughing. Like it is just his delivery. And then he's like, can't be that bad. Like she already feels bad enough. And he smells it and tries not to. Oh my God. It's so good. It's such a great pick. She's excellent. What does he say right after? Because I think she might be dying. <laughs> I think he might be dying. <laughs> Who the fuck is Bernard? She's like, why do you want, where does he live? Where, you have a child. Why not? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, good pick, Mike. Good pick. All right. All what's right. your last one? And for my final pick, and this is, Kyle, to your point, this is a flyer. This is an efficiency monster, had an unbelievable combine. He was a D3 player, so I didn't get to see much of him against high-level competition. There's I not a lot of tape out here on this be. guy. Bring on Ola Obasanya. Oh. I want Sam's dad in this motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that that's a good pick. was... He was he was the one all along as we were going down. I was like, I hope it's not too soon, and I hope we get to a point. That's why I'm glad we went to six. This is the right <laughs> spot for him here. Locker room god. The scenes with him and Sam, Sam on screen together. We talked about that sort of like father-son relationship with Ted and Sam, and then you come in and bring his actual dad over there. Every second he was on screen, I was just a ball of tears. That man he I would go to war for. Excellent. He yeah. was excellent. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, and Caroline, that was the episode where you figured out who he was in Game of Thrones that helped yes. us all out, which is great. Yes. <laughs> I had to do all of the Googling, like the like just very generic Googling because I could not find him in, in IMDb. So I was just like, oh, that guy. I remember that guy. Let's see. Anyway, um, okay. Question, since we're making things up. <laughs> Can I take the trio of guys at the bar as one pick? Okay, so I, I had thought 
at at one point, like they're probably the same. I, you know what? We're making things up. We'll allow it. I was gonna say they're they're a dig trio. Like yeah. if we're gonna give the Pokemon reference here, they're just three little nubs coming up out of the ground together. <laughs> I want to take my sweet boys from the from the pub. Um, because I also love we talk about growth the whole time, like their growth from the way that they hated Ted, their enthusiasm, the line where they're even that into <laughs> watching greatest great British breakoff. He's like, temper your chocolate. <laughs> great line um they each get a share of the um and one of my favorite 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 moments of them showing sports fandom because they don't go to a single game Mm -hmm. the entire series they're at may's pub every single game but uh the beard episode when they got to go on the pitch was one of the coolest like sport fan moments i thought um, and each of them has their own fun little personalities. Um, and I left them and I'm going to keep them. They're my last pick. <laughs> it's a good I was torn between one more player, but hopefully Kyle takes them. So, yeah, I am. So I have kind of a man. So I have someone who was kind of in the same vein that I thought Mike was going to take when he took Ola, who is just like not on the floor at all. But when he is, is just like hits like seven threes, all vibes. I'm not going to take him only because this person is still on the board. And that is Colin. Okay. Gotta take Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Colin, Colin, a, a incredible growth run as well um gets more personal shine in season three but we see him go from you know being one of the guys making fun of nate picking on nate in season one to strong and capable man in season two uh, (laughs) probably probably the worst driver on the planet um (laughs) but yeah and and then gets in you know his storyline in season three obviously gets a, a lot more shine and it is, you know, that moment of him and Isaac playing video games at the end of that episode is yeah. no, no notes. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to read off the teams where we're at. So I drafted Roy Kent, coach beard, Sam, Nate, May, and Colin Caroline yeah, took a good team. Caroline <laughs> took Jamie, Rebecca, Danny, Isaac, sassy, and the pub guys. <laughs> and Mike took Ted, Keeley, Trent Krim, Higgins, Phoebe, and Ola. These are all I I, I think Kyle won. Like if I, I if, if I had if I if I had to rank them, I object I, I think it would go Kyle, Caroline, and then my team here. I I I, I love my squad. We're great, but <laughs> this is we're like a we're like a you know development program. We're not trotting out five stars the way you guys are, so I don't. Tr- I mean, I think yeah, they're all good. Do I we want to touch on some people we left on the board? I almost took Jan Maas. I almost oh, took. Oh yeah. I almost took the Ussy guy. <laughs> I love the Ussy guy. His our last interaction with him is Ted leaving. Like that guy has he has BDE. Like I hope that guy gets famous somehow. <laughs> He's definitely famous on TikTok. He's a TikTok star, right? Yeah. Wait. Speaking of BDE, um, just to tail off into nothing, this again. I went <laughs> unrelated. Back, I went um, Grady Dick from Kansas that got drafted tonight. I was going back and looking through his Instagram once I saw his suit. And shout out to the University Daily Kansan for their um, headline: 
big just picture of Grady Dick and then energy. At oh, the that's bottom. amazing. Yeah, incredible yeah. school paperwork right there. So you guys have to work them. with more more Kansas, former Kansas paper employees like I do, because I saw that the second it got <laughs> that's because uh, Blake, my assistant managing editor Blake is a big Kansas fan, and he was like, You have to see this cover. And so I was very happy that you found that tonight, Mike, because it's you want us see. Well, I see. Well, I see. Um, so I, yeah, uh, Edwin Akufu. Um, he he would probably have been the only villain under consideration. Incredible Sam Richardson performance. Ooh, Kitman probably. Will, Will Kitman. Kitman probably. Yeah, Will Kitman. He was close. He was on the he was on the big board. Uh, in the in the <laughs> same vein as Sam's dad, Jamie's mom. Limited screen time. Well, and I also like. I almost I thought about Doctor Sharon in the last spot too. Yeah. Uh, Derek, the coke, coked out owner of uh, Taste of Athens. <laughs> Taste of Athens. Yeah. Shout out Jade, though. Jade made a strong push in season three. I yeah. really liked her. Yeah, strong season threes for Jade. Zero oh, gets more run in season Michelle three. Lasso. Really Ooh, make people mad. Yeah. Barbara. <laughs> Barbara Zava. Man. Yes. Zava, what a moment that was. But yeah, that that's when it, when we do when we do our full retrospective eventually. Like I'm thinking full retrospective, we we go at this thing with a scalpel. We probably spend 8 hours on a Zoom call, really really knock it down. <laughs> and then at some point we're going to have to do an episode redraft now that we've we've added a whole another season. Yeah. So I like the thought of us on a Zoom for the entirety of back-to-back viewings of Barbie and Oppenheimer. (laughs) (laughs) Just right into it. God, I'm going to be so destroyed. Um, The other person I thought it was... um, Oh, no, no, I'm forgetting it. Oh, um, high usage, or not high, low usage, high success rate, um, Roy's sister. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Was just incredible just we got her at uncle's day and in the hospital at one time but i I think s4 might might get some more of her but gosh because she's got to get with jamie this is the dream this is the dream yeah it's like it's interesting we picked the perfect number because they're really outside of what we've talked about here i don't feel like there are a lot of other characters that got any sort of like significant screen time that we're really leaving out here no, it's just there's a couple, probably the most screen time that didn't get drafted is, is Dr. Fieldstone. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, but that's because she was in season two for so much. But, like, then it, I'd say, like, Zero and Jan Moss well, and, like, and like, like you guys, and like you guys mentioned, Rupert. like, Ru- Rupert, Jamie's yeah. dad, yeah, um, Rebecca's mom, like, people that were there a lot and weren't necessarily, you know, were either villains or just, you know, there as sort of a foil yeah. of what a good parent was. Yeah. yeah. So perfect number, which is a lesson out there for you kids. Don't pre-plan anything. Do it all on the fly and things will will work Crushed out. It. Rom-communism. Rom-communism. Um, y'all, this was great. Caroline, new pod. Where can the new folks pod. find it? You can find it, um, well, all sorts of places. Anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, especially. I've listened to it on there, so I know that it's there for sure. Uh, but Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, eventually. Uh, it's called For the Water Cooler. You can also follow me on Twitter at CW Darney. I will be tweeting those things out, or you can also find it 
uh, in a couple places at for the win is also tweeting out some stuff on all of the socials so you can find some stuff also on uh, Instagram there um, and stay tuned for a bunch of pop culture content as we head into summer movie season Mike your hey. pod yes uh, the Gojo podcast wherever you get them download subscribe rate review um, I just confirmed today that we should be talking next week to uh, Notre Dame starting quarterback Sam Hartman heading into this season so excited to catch up with him hopefully podcast yeah it's uh, an incredibly handsome and talented podcast at the quarterback (laughs) position at notre dame which has me all sorts of jacked up so uh we'll have that uh at gojo show on all social medias wherever you get your podcast uh check us out on the DraftKings youtube page for that as well also if i can shamelessly pub uh my family is doing a charity golf outing in south bend uh the golick family subpar classic um you can go to and i will double check the website just to make sure because I screw this up more often than is uh, reasonable for someone who is a part of this GolickFamilyFoundation.com. If you are not one of the people that is kind enough to be out in South Bend with us, you can donate there. All of our silent auction items that will be going up Sunday night at the tournament are going to be online. Anybody can bid. You do not have to be there. We've got some great items up there for Notre Dame fans, sports fans, people who like stuff that has nothing to do with that will all be available there. So again, GolickFamilyFoundation.com. All that money uh, from the foundation goes toward helping local charities in South Bend, Indiana, if you are so inclined. I love that. That rules. Mike, Mike have they established an NCAA rule for this season where – um, Marcus Freeman and Sam Hartman aren't allowed to stand within a certain oh, I didn't even number think of yards that. because Ooh. it's too much handsome. Like, is I, there is there going to be a rule for that? Or I want someone to do the research. And by that, I mean, eventually <laughs> one of these days in July, I will go down the rabbit hole because I'm not sure a more handsome coach quarterback contact con combination has ever existed in college football. I, I really like off the top of my head of the obvious choices at either spot, their counterpart never stands up. I truly don't know if they have an equal. Who's in the Marcus Freeman ballpark? So, I mean, I guess like Cliff Kingsbury. I was going to say yeah, Cliff Kingsbury Cliff. would have been, yeah. Would have yeah. been one that, uh, that was in that range. As far as college head coaches, though, it's pretty few and far between. That tends to be an NFL phenomenon that we see now. Mark Mangino. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Um, Kansas legend. That's <laughs> this is what ladies. What's stopping you from looking like, looking like that? Yes. Um, we also need to investigate what's going on in the water at Wake Forest because that's Sam Hartman. That is, and then the Bachelor's. It's own the Tyler Bachelor Cameron pipeline. and yeah. James. Yeah, I don't so. know, and I don't know if this what this does to his chances. Like, does this? decrease his chances going out to South Bend. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm he not, was on well, that pipeline for, for the bachelor. He was, what I'd say is we are getting some new blood in that space. This upcoming bachelorette season, we've got a former off uh, Auburn offensive lineman that is making really? his way on there. Yeah. Reality dating shows have not traditionally been a place where the big boys have done well. So we're hoping he shows well for the, uh, for the squad here, <laughs> for the team, for the, for the is, culture. Is he still is, is he still carrying some of the like the O line beef, or did he go full Russell Okung, where we're only consuming water for like forty days? Yeah, unfortunately, he is more of the latter. Like he's not he's not fully like Nick Hardwig, who's just jacked out of his mind now, or Joe Thomas, but 
he looked like he was wearing a European cut shirt in the headshots for the bachelorette. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah don't even know him anymore. There How was dare a, you? there was a season a couple seasons ago. Jason Foster was a former lineman too, I think, that played NFL that um talked about like his like big thing. He's like, you know, I lost all this weight after playing NFL. So another I, I just want a bachelorette season where the mansion is actually just the Wisconsin O line room. <laughs> that's they're, they're just bunking up in there we always used to, like ro line room used to talk about the wisconsin offensive line room like this mythological place because we'd sit around and talk about the weirdest stuff before games like so bizarre nothing you would ever think a group of fat football players would be sitting there talking about and at one point one of my offensive line mates we were playing purdue and we were sitting in the locker room before talking about god knows what and our left guard just looks at us and goes, I wonder what the Wisconsin offensive line talks about before games. <laughs> and I think, I, I think we're far enough away from this now where I could say we started like a, a burner Twitter account called like Mr. Burley man or something like that. <laughs> My God. And just tweeted out like the manliest Wisconsin O-line things that we could think of. So that's incredible. Also shout out to the people that didn't turn this off when they heard us starting to do the roundup. Like, where can we find you? Cause this was like a, a little bonus treat. episode. This is like a little <laughs> bonus. This is like a post credit scene. For you guys. Unbelievable. So uh, to sum it up, Caroline, new podcast, Mike's podcast, plus the was Golic family foundation.com. Did I already? Yes, did sir. I, oh, look at that. If you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports, subscribe to every year podcast, rate and leave a review uh, next week. Back to movies. Question mark. I think haven't played it out yet. Uh, and if you're a baseball fan interview series from feeding out of the farm presented by baseball America, most recent episode with Ryan Ripken, son of man named Cal. Uh, that was a good one. So check that out. And, uh, for big screen sports, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the planet premier league podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.